0: Run. Welcome to another episode of Please Ask Mickey, a podcast for women, for mums, for lizard mums, dog mums, doesn't even matter. I don't discriminate, but um, welcome, basically. So today, as you know, at the moment we are recording, we, as in myself and Marley at the moment, my son who's sucking on my titty, um, we are recording a whole season all about birth. Um, mostly because as you are aware, I had a baby, my second baby, not that long ago. Um, so because the podcast is, you know, named after me, I can literally talk about whatever I want. So birth's been on my mind. So that's why we're talking about birth. Um, and so today we have an awesome guest. So we've got Bron from Kindred Birth and Bron is a jeweler and a hypnobirther and a birth photographer and yeah, she's just, she's so awesome. Just from talking to her, she's like just totally on my level. We speak the same language. We speak woo-woo, we speak sweary, we speak all those amazing languages. Um, And it's so great to have her here. So Bron, welcome.
1: Hello. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here.
0: Yay. Great. Well, um... So let's get... So first, like, I obviously gave you a bit of an introduction, but can you can you introduce yourself for us?
1: Sure. So my name's Brun.
0: Um, I have got
1: two adult kids, which is just the craziest concept in my life. So crazy. <laughs> oh, my God, I can't <laughs> believe it. So my kids are actually 22 years, not months, um, and 20 years. Um, I feel like I've grown up beside them really so it's um it's definitely been <laughs> it's such a crazy time but um i started off as a birth photographer um i was mm. photographing maternity and newborn and realized that birth was the biggest part of the story that was missing so yes. I started photographing birth my very very first birth was actually the cesarean birth of my niece wow. so she's now oh god Five or six, I should know. What a bad auntie. Um, yeah.
0: who, who actually knows the age oh of their niece and nephews? Uh, exactly. Trying I to don't... keep track of my, <laughs> my own life. <laughs> yeah, I know. Let oh remembering God. my own kid's birthday.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Oh, my goodness. So, yes, yeah, so I started photographing birds and then um, I quickly realized what birthlight was like in hospitals. Um, And it's really like parents are just sort of thrown in the mix and it's sort of hoping for the best. And and I really started to see so many instances where I just couldn't beat a fly on the wall and really was being drawn into support. So that's when I decided that, no, I think I really, I really wanted to make a difference, you know, and um, really help people feel, oh my goodness. Sorry, I'm also a dog mummy. I'm just going to go and close the door and let them pass their heads off.
0: Oh, that's totally fine. I'm pretty sure every single episode so far that I've recorded of this season, there's either a dog or a baby. In the background, at some stage, or a child like asking for their mum to like feed them or something. Exactly. So I'm like, we're all oh friends here. I mean, I'm God. breastfeeding right now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we just do what we gotta do. Yeah, right? that's right. I you know, but we, we're mums. So we don't actually have time off to do shit.
1: No, <laughs> no not at all.
0: We just do everything no, at the yeah. same time. <laughs> anyway, where Mommy were Duncan. we? Yeah, that's exactly oh, where were right.
2: We? <laughs>
1: Um so yeah it it just basically came down to you know there was there's just not a lot of real support, and I think that for a lot of couples they they think that the midwife is going to be there to do a lot of that support um mm. when in truth they just can't i'm I'm sure that they desperately want to, yeah, but the the system is just so crazy towns with um reporting and documenting and um. You know, there's just not a lot of time left for them to do the work that they want to do. So um, it was just a massive calling for me. It was really undeniable that this was really where I was meant to be. So I think my my first doula baby just turned four and Mm. I've supported that family with their second baby as Well well. Um, I've had a couple of repeat clients and I've got some bookings for more repeat clients. So it's so amazing to be invited back and to watch their families grow. And, um, yeah, you just have such a deep connection with people when they, when they're so vulnerable having their babies and yeah, it's pretty amazing.
0: Oh my God. I can only imagine like it is like easily the most vulnerable, I think Mm. a woman can be and even a and a um, partner as well, like absolutely. I guess they they're so vulnerable because they have no control over the situation. No, like, none no. at all. That's it. And you know, some male
1: partners they really men like to have control and and not in a controlling way, but they, yeah. that makes them feel safe yeah. and confident when when they feel that they have an element of yeah, control over certain situations. And when they've never seen labour before, it can be really confronting. And, and when mm-hmm. their woman is looking at them with those big eyes like, just, oh, I need what you have to What done to me? Oh, yeah, that one. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Oh, see, I don't, I, really, <laughs> I love that. I love that whole concept. It has never happened. I think I've been to, um, I think I've been with about 80 maybe a little bit more birth, and I've never once had anybody say that. What, do
2: you <laughs> do? what have you done to me? This uh, is your this... fucking fault. <laughs> yeah.
1: But I definitely see that those eyes, those big, you know, cow eyes, yeah. like please, please do something, and to them they're just lost. There's a huge weight mm. on their shoulders to be the only person Um. In that support role. Oh, big you know, time, and, and it's, it's really hard.
0: And seeing someone you love in pain is so. All you want to do is do it for them.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. And and especially because we're socially um, groomed to pity women in pain in labour. Yeah. You know, we we so need true. to come in and rescue them. And I'm like, no, stand with them and watch them. Find that inner power and and let them discover these things for themselves. And the pain is just part of the process. And um, it's a huge peeling back. And there's you know the rite of passage, moving from maiden to mother. And it's going to be uncomfortable physically sometimes, not all times. Some people really experience their labour as an intensity rather than being particularly painful but mm. you know spiritually there's a real facing the unknown and, and looking at your past and and wondering how do I step forward and and that can be hard for for a male partner and even for a female partner too that it has either they've not experienced labor for, her, for herself or mm. or even as as a witness and again I think it's really a cultural grooming back into pity yes so much. to rescue.
0: Well, and I guess like we live in a society, I mean, we're getting better, but we have for so many years lived in a world where women are seen as so weak and mm. the weaker sex were, you know, yeah. so like imagine seeing a woman in a situation where they are so vulnerable to yeah, your first thought is like, well, not my first thought, but I guess there's that thought of like they can't do it, or you know, yeah. like, yeah, hey, that's so true. Yeah, and yeah. then we do it, and obviously we're strong as shit. So. Oh my god! Yeah, and to to witness that after moment where they're like, "Fuck yeah, <laughs> look what I
1: just did! Yeah, like, I'm the best! I just I just killed it!" or You know, like, holy shit, that was like way more intense than I thought it was going to be. But look, you know, I'm holding my baby and I did this and, you know, I survived it. I'm alive.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Oh my God. I know I had thoughts of like, Oh my God. It like, is this going to go, if this goes on for another, I don't know how many hours I might die. Yeah. Like- <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. And again, you know, it's that really masculine way of thinking that linear, that is yes. progress. We have to get to this before this happens. And, you know, women are cyclic and, and labor flows and ebbs and it's not always a straight line from from A to B. And I think when we can really um, help women to understand that it's not, it's not a destination, like it's not a, a get to A to B. So it doesn't matter how long it's going to take. It's really about staying present and in your body and working with what comes up and even if it's unexpected and just sort of really stay in the here and now. And it doesn't matter then how long labor's going to be. I mean, yeah. and God, for some people, it's the short, sharp ones that get you.
0: Yeah. <laughs> you
1: know, I, I had two of them. First oh, my, my God, really? Under three hours <gasps> from start to finish. The first time I felt anything until I was holding my babies were less than three hours. And it's just like, holy oh my shit. God, you can't even process what really happens because it's like you just hanging on for the ride this whole other force is doing it for you and you know sometimes it's those yeah wild crazy short ones that are the (laughs) the
0: what do you feel like really well I mean you had two short I always think this like for people that have really short births whether the baby comes out and they're still like you're in shock enough like when you're when you have a long labor and the baby comes out you're like holy fuck I can't believe yeah. I actually made it through that and I have a baby in my arms. Yeah. But when it goes so quickly, you don't have, I guess, when your labor's like a bit longer and you have time to really think about what's yeah. happening and like, yeah. holy shit, like, you know, you yeah. work so hard to get that baby out. I'm not saying you don't work hard when it's short, but does the bubble yeah. come out and you're just like, what the fuck just happened? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I swear well, I just, and like, that's blinked. the thing.
1: Yeah. The short, sharp ones, it can be really hard to sort of. Um, Put it, piece it all back together because it just it's this whirlwind. So I always said I would would have loved a longer labor. You know, people think that's really crazy, but I really wanted to experience it more and be a bit more present in my body and
0: yeah.
1: Um, but yeah, it was it was a, a crazy ride.
0: <laughs> and I guess like cuz you definitely feel everything happening. Like you feel things Amen. opening, you feel things moving, you feel the pressure, like you feel it yeah. all. And yeah. so I guess that kind of like connects you to yeah. what's happening a lot yeah. more and does like yeah. really put you in the moment. Um, That's it. My, what do you think is the greatest, what, what do you think is the greatest, not problem, but I guess fear or issue that women have when it comes to to birth that you've experienced, that you've seen as being part of so many births? Mm. Look, I, I think the
1: top few are always pain, tearing and pooing.
0: <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. I mean, so, I gave the second time I was like, no, nah, I'm going to shit myself. Like, I don't yeah. even care. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Huge. They're, they're dead set the top three. And I think after that is induction,
1: caesarean. Yeah. Episiotomy, forceps—you know—all of those sort of um, what what is going to happen to me? So I think the first ones are sort of about all of the the uh, body experiences, you know. Mm-hmm. our the way our body works and the unknown, because let's face it, most women don't really know how their body works to have a baby. Oh,
2: God, no. And
1: then it's, then it's, I'm birthing in a system and how will they treat me? And so that's where the intervention fears come from.
0: Yes. Oh my God. It's so true about not knowing our bodies. I Googled, like, cause I kept going in and they kept telling me my cervix was like long and shut and I was like, yeah. okay, great. Um, thinking to myself, what the fuck does that mean? What is a long and shut cervix? <laughs> yeah. And then I was like, Michaela, you don't even know what your cervix looks like. <laughs> so I remember spending a whole afternoon Googling my cervix. like Not, yeah. mi- not mine personally. Yeah. My cervix is not on the internet. But... <laughs> Like, Googling what the cervix was and what it looked like and yeah. trying to understand what long and shut meant. Yeah. And then closer to the time, I was tra- I was practically trying to give myself a stretch and sweep because I was like, yeah. get this fucker out of me. <laughs> and I was like, can you find your own cervix? Can you open your own cervix? Like, I was Googling everything. Like, had my legs up on the, like, bathroom bench and I'm like, where where the fuck are you? And I'm like, trying to find my own cervix. So, like literally no idea. <laughs> Yeah, yeah,
1: oh, you're very limber to have been doing that at like term. Um.
0: <laughs> I don't know how I was very determined to find it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> this is it, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs>
0: Determination
1: is the mother of all inventions.
0: My legs like, we can't normally do this, but. <laughs> but hey, we're going to give it a good go. Yeah, but we want the baby out, so we're going to find it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, and I, I think um, when you really. I think when you really understand what's happening inside your body, mm. it comes a big chunk of confidence because then you can, when you're actually doing the work, and this is what I say to people, labor is hard work. So let's not shy away from that. Yeah. Even in hypnobirthing, you know, it's, it's, there are uh, a whole lot of skills to learn how to stay calm in your body, how to stay present. That doesn't necessarily mean being calm on the outside, you can still have an absolutely amazing mm. birth and maybe be as wild as, but it's really about keeping grounded in your body. Um, but it's the education that comes with that. It's the learning about the anatomy, what's happening, so that when you're experiencing it, you, you can visualize, oh, okay, yeah, that's my uterus is pulling my cervix up, and it's got this little—you know—it doesn't dilate outwards. It's being pulled up, and and all of this surges because we use a softer language because you know language has power. No one yeah. wants to have 18 hours of painful contractions, but no. you know we can all sort of cope with the idea of 18 hours of intense surges. So let's soften the language and yeah, um. Yeah. And when we know what's happening, it's kind of like a deeper connection to your body while you're actually doing the work. And it's very reassuring. And because partners do it as well, they, they come along to class. Um, they have an idea now. If you ask any man what is happening when a woman has a baby, they say, oh, the cervix dilates and you push a baby out.
0: Well, that would be my answer. Yeah, and it's actually I did got it. nothing to do with the cervix. The, the oh. cervix is not the measure of of labour progress. Okay, can you give us a quick? Can you give us a quick run through of what happens? Yeah. Yes, my favourite thing to talk about. Yay! <laughs> Educate us. Yes. So your
1: baby, it's believed will will trigger labour. So the belief is is that when the baby's lungs are ready, they give off an enzyme that sort of sends a signal. To the woman's brain to say, hey, start producing oxytocin, the time is right. Mm-hmm. So you start by this, yeah, if the baby's not ready to be born, you know, an induction or, or even natural induction methods. I liken it to finding this beautiful rose that is just about ready, but it's not. We're so impatient, so we try and prize all the rose petal flower open without damaging them because, you know, God forbid. That we have this damaged rose, and then nobody wants that. But it's the same thing. If the baby is not ready and your body isn't ready, no amount of prodding and prying is going to get that baby out without some kind of damage. And that could be physical or emotional or,
0: you know. So true. Think, well, that was me. I definitely was a bit of a prodder. Very yeah, impatient. yeah. And
1: I think it's, honestly, I think it's really normal because. There's there's just so much pressure put on women to not go over because the threat of you know induction and and all of those sorts of things. So our adrenaline because we're in total stress land at that point, and our adrenaline is so high. We're in fight or flight, and we're we're really trying all the things, and we've got all these expectations of I just do that, this will work, and then you wake up the next day and you're still pregnant and yeah, and so
0: because you just went for a run when you're 42 weeks pregnant. Exactly.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. And, you know, you're having sex like mad because everyone says, oh, prostaglandins and, you know, have sex. And you're just like, oh, my God, I just
0: yes. feel like
1: a big, fat, sweaty cow. And there's no way I
0: want to be doing that. Oh, my God. And- I Googled that like three loads of jizz was exact- yeah. was the same as like the oxytocin, had the same yeah. of oxytocin as the oxytocin drip. I literally took advantage of Chris one night. Like he got home and I was only like 38 weeks pregnant, but I was done. And yeah. I was like, babe. We're having sex tonight three times. And he was like, Oh Oh my God. So tired. I was like, had two glasses of wine there for him. I'm like, Scald them. I'm like, We're having sex three times. (laughs) After one time, I was like, because oh, it, it was a chore. It was yeah. such a chore. Okay. So
1: here we go. This oh my is God. the key. This right there is the key. It's actually not the mechanical action of having sex. <laughs> it's the connection. It's the... So it's actually prostaglandin that they, that they are talking about in semen, right? Yeah. But what we need is oxytocin. So it wouldn't even matter if you weren't actually having sex, but it's the laying together and the peeling back and being vulnerable and that um, softening and, and softening to each other. And it's the oxytocin that gets labor going. So, Who, you know. Not the jizz. Not the jizz. <laughs> <laughs> but it's the stress. It is the stress of trying all the things because adrenaline blocks all of our natural labour-inducing hormones. Yeah. yeah. It just, you can't have both. You can't be in stress land and, you know, labour land at the same time. So mm. when labour can start on its own, and we're all unique, so whenever that is, um, things will happen a lot more smoothly. But it's really about the uterus contracts with... with um, surges of oxytocin and the baby work together with the with the contractions with surges and the baby starts to come down further into your pelvis and starts a rotation and it's actually the rotation of the baby combined with the strength um, <clears throat> of your surges that will, will uh, ensure labor progress nothing to do with the cervix because that can change in an instant And that can change depending on who's the one sticking their fingers in there. You know, one midwife might think that it's five and somebody else might think it's six. And if you hear five and you're like, oh, my God, I've been doing this for like 10 hours and and you're saying I'm only five, that means I'm only halfway and it just doesn't work like that. And because we are so fixated on cervix, Dilation that we sort of forget about everything else. And, and if you, you've built up a number that you think it's going to be in your head and you hear something that's way off that, that can be so deflating and feel really de- um, defeated that it can really affect how you make decisions after that. And, and the whole idea of birth plans being thrown out the window really means that you probably didn't know a lot about labour and birth and birth in your facility to start with, and and mm. we look at birth plans like a menu. Yeah, I want that, and I want that, and I want the water birth, and I want this, and I don't want to use drugs. And then, and then the minute something happens, it's kind of like, oh, but the next step in my birth plan was this, and now that's not happening. And it's, they think, well, now I have no options. So it's really important that you use your birth plan as research and find answers to questions that maybe you didn't realize that you didn't know much about and so that your birth plan becomes a very wide range of options and decisions so that if something happens okay well let's look at something else and and learning that you can actually say no to things as well as Mm. saying yes and maybe maybe not just now but can I think about it and can you tell me something else that we could do and and not just be the good girl saying yes because there's a white coat Mm. in the room that knows everything and knows yes. nothing about you or, or your or your desires for birth or the way that you want to feel. And it, and it can become very um, patronising and, and feeling that, yeah. oh, you don't want to rock the boat because, you know, the doctors know everything.
0: Yes, and you're almost surrendering to them well, as I'm... opposed to yourself.
1: <laughs> exactly, because when we are in such a vulnerable state, um, we become very suggestible. So, you know, the the idea that, oh, you're only this many centimeters, you know, maybe we could give you something else to, you know, and, and you're like, oh, okay, yeah, that sounds like a great idea. But yeah um you think that's when women feel really disappointed afterwards in themselves and in the experience mm. and they feel like I had no idea. I just didn't know that. All of this was going to be done to me, or I thought I was doing really well, and then I've ended up with something I didn't even anticipate, and I don't even know how that happened. And because we're not allowed to be the active decision makers in, in our care, we're not sick, remember, we're just having a baby. Yes. And I think that, especially when we're going into a hospital, we're put into that patient mindset. We we're, we're put in people go into hospital because something's wrong. And really nothing's wrong. We've chosen to birth there because we feel it's the safest option. But, you know, it's, it's a, there's a disconnect between, you know, how a hospital sees birth and how women see it. So, it, um, yeah, it can be really challenging, especially if you don't really know what you're getting into, if you don't really understand the system and you don't understand what's happening in your body and, you know, Ways that you can help yourself.
0: Yes, that's so true. Uh, absolutely. Yeah, like even what you were saying, it was kind of relaying my birth with Marley, just like that thought of like they'd give you an option of something and because even what you like when you were talking about the cervix and how the cervix really just like that is not, that should not be I guess your no. guide of what you go off because with both my babies, I went from four to baby out. There Mm -hmm. was no, I never hit any other stage, like four centimeters, baby in arms, like that was it. And so it's really interesting that you say that because in my head, I was always like trying to figure out, you know, I was like, no, tell me how, how dilated I am so I can have an idea of how long it's going to be or like whereabouts I am progress wise, but yeah. By and doing then that, that keeps yeah, you really in your brain. Yes, it
1: did. Keeps thinking, and you're sort of like analyzing, and none of that is productive work in mm. in labor. So, not knowing or, or, you know, and I do actually say say to my clients too, like a VE or a cervical exam is not the is not the end of the world. You know, it can be a very useful tool mm. in um, a longer labor or you know if if there's a little bit of fact finding that we that we need to do but you know if you don't want to know what the what the findings are that's fine mm. but um you know, sometimes there is reason to have them. So if we want to know where the baby's head's are, what, how far um, into the pelvis are they, you know, is there, are their head coming in nice and um, tucked down onto their chin or is the head tilted off to the side? You know, all of those things are very, very useful to know if labour is taking a particularly long time or, or if women are saying that they're feeling things in their body that, you know, that you wouldn't normally expect, you know, in one side of the hip or, mm. or if you're observing and they're having these really wild surges and then this really little weenie one afterwards. it's They're all sort of mm. indicators from the outside that maybe this baby isn't coming into the pelvis in a, in the best way and that, you know, knowing that, we can do something about it before you wait for hours and hours and hours and mum's exhausted and the only thing left is to break waters and put Cinto up, you know. So mm. sometimes... There is a reason why having having them and not going on dilation. Let's not even look at that. But let's see where the baby is in the pelvis.
0: Yeah, what's going on? What can you do if the bubba isn't like sitting? Yeah. Right. So
1: with my clients, we start doing a body balancing um, protocol during pregnancy. So we do we follow some spinning babies or optimal maternal positioning um, uh, activities, and it's all about. Um, aligning the pelvis and the soft tissues and um, increasing mobility so that the pelvis is free to open. So people sort of think that it's all about the bony pelvis but it's really that our bones are just a, a sack of, you know, like our skeleton is a sack of bones in our body and it's really only our Uh, muscles and ligaments that hold them in place. So Mm -hmm. if our muscles or ligaments are not functioning well, we're not able to open fully the way that we need to to have a baby. So all of that sort of thing starts in pregnancy. Mm -hmm. And then during labor, if something comes up, I'll say to them, you know those things that we did during pregnancy? Well, we're going to do them right now. And and so we'll start doing those sort of body balancing activities. But then Mm -hmm. also um, getting women into... Um, inversion, so forward leaning inversion and using a scarf over the back of their bum and we shake them like (laughs) tomorrow Um, and that can help bring a baby just out of the pelvis a little bit and with Mm -hmm. the other alignment protocols means that then the baby has another chance to come back into the pelvis in, um, in a more aligned way so having their chin tucked well down onto their chest and um, and things like that, and, and really using lots and lots of active movement to be able to wriggle this baby. It, it's like trying to put a key into a lock. Mm. Sometimes the key will just slide straight in. You turn it, and it's done. And other times, you've got to jam that bloody key. <laughs> you've got to jiggle it, <laughs> pull it out, and pull the door in, and-, and shove it back in again. And, yeah. You know, and sometimes that's how we have a baby as well. It can be very physical for some people, but you know, no less empowering or positive or or negative, we're we're very quick to label things and we all sort of aspire to these labels, but being able to be open to whatever presents itself in the moment and have the confidence that we can work with whatever comes up. You know, it it we get through to the other end, and you're just like, "Yeah, man, we did that. Look what we did."
0: <laughs> yes, yeah, that's so true. And yeah, like it's so true about the labels and how we instantly it's like either cesarean birth or it's a yeah. natural birth or a birth with drugs or this birth or yeah. A, um yeah, I heard of a different one the other day. My friend had a brow birth.
1: Yeah so that's when the baby's chin is not ch- tucked down onto their chest. Yeah, and, and go so face first. coming in. Yeah, it, the the contractions and the the pelvic bones actually pull the baby's head so they face forward, and it just means it's a much bigger diameter yeah. um, of the baby's
0: head to come through first. Oh so, yeah, she got her shit got effed up. <laughs> oh,
1: absolutely, absolutely. That is a that is crazy. It doesn't happen very often.
2: Yeah,
0: but, I, um That's it. You like? I feel you. You think you've heard it all, and I mean, you probably yeah. would have as well. But I, you would be, yeah. I guess, constantly surprised because no birth is. That's the amazing no. thing about birth. Like, I feel like it's just so. That's why I want to talk about it so much because it is yes. the most insane thing. Yes. Like every story is unique. Yes. Every labor's yes. unique. Every like actual pushing and birthing yes. and whatever yes. part it is, pregnancy even, like it is all yes. so unique and Absolutely. so intense and amazing and incredible yep. and yep. sometimes traumatic or whatever it is, but yeah. oh my yeah. God, we need to talk about it.
1: <laughs> I know, I know. And I think just taking expectation out of it because one of my clients that I supported for both her first and her second baby, her first baby she birthed, she felt so comfortable. Like it was challenging, don't get me wrong, but yeah. um, she was just like, oh my God, that was amazing. And then During the care for her second baby, everyone was like, oh, you had such an amazing fast first birth. The second one's going to be so easy. Mm -hmm. And, you know, everywhere she was going, you know, all the midwives, oh, it's just going to be so amazing. You're just going to love this. And then second time around, it was harder and it really blindsided them because they really had built anticipation that this was just going to be a really easy birth or something similar to first time around. And it made it really challenging to sort of Mm -hmm. wrap your head around it while it was happening because it wasn't what they expected and and to be able to um, work with what is coming up yeah, um, that is actually really exactly help. what happened
0: to me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 it
1: happens all the time. And you
0: think because like you've done it before, you can do it yeah. and like you do it again. And I just didn't put in the same care that I went did with the first one because I was like, yeah. oh, like whatever, a baby's got to come out. I know yeah. I can do it, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And then you get in there and you're like. He was, Marley was posterior, so it was more yeah. like yeah. challenging. And I was like, exactly. and they kept saying, oh, hon, but you go zero to a hundred. And I was like, it's been 18 hours. Like, yeah. <laughs> no, it's yeah. not going zero
1: to a hundred. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, um, I, I get recommended by obstetricians even for, for me to work with their clients um, I've had other midwives um, get in touch with me because her daughter wanted to be a midwife and she was like, no, 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 no. You oh. want to be a doula. She's oh, like, do know yes. so more about physiological birds. They have the tools. This is what we spend mm. our time with is to help labor to progress. So when things like having a posterior baby comes up, you know, we don't we don't fall back onto the medical model because we don't have that. We don't have the medical Mm. knowledge. So it doesn't cloud our judgment, I think sometimes. And, and we're able to sort of go into that problem solving mode and, and, not knowing some of the the medical ways to get out of it, it, it really makes us look a bit more creatively and, and see, you know, mm. what can we actually do physically? And and it really helps women too to sort of think that I'm actually doing something to help myself. Yes. You know, I'm I'm not just sitting back and waiting for somebody to come and do something to me. I get to mm. to do the work myself to resolve whatever's coming up. And and I think it's really when this when the baby's posterior, um, that's the perfect time that we want women to feel powerful and not defeated. Yeah. And, you know, just having your waters broken and putting this into up to get your contractions stronger to rotate the baby doesn't really always help women feel powerful. No. So,
0: Oh, I love Yeah, What are some – when, like, what are your – I guess, thoughts on pain relief and what, what would, what are your suggestions as far as which pain relief relief to use and when, because I know there are so many options that yeah. aren't even offered a lot of the yeah. time. Yeah. Water, hot water. <laughs> ah, yeah. 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 So,
1: you know, I think we sort of forget that pain relief comes in lots of different forms mm. and you know, using deep water immersion. So the birth pool, um, having hot showers and heat packs, all of those things are, oh, me too, the hotter the better, man. If my skin is not red raw when I come out, it's not not
0: enough. Oh, my God. I thought I was even going to, like, just melt my baby just from, like, (laughs) how hot I was having it. I was never allowed to get in the bath because I was never, like, I was never dilated enough. And even with Marley the second time round just as I they were literally filling the bath as yeah. I was like I need a push
2: <laughs> yeah yeah yeah
1: and i think too sometimes if we know if we know what we're going getting into we can own the outcome so th- mm-hmm. talking about that not dilated enough to get into the birth pool but for some women if their labor has been incredibly long mm. and they're not sleeping at night time maybe getting into the bath and actually slowing things down will help you to just catch your breath, have a bit of a sleep and then we can, you know, look at ways to get things going again. So, you know, you can use those tools for, for anything, whether Mm. it's comfort, slowing things down, speeding things up, you know, whatever. But I think that, yeah, things, some of those more natural things are, um, are overlooked when we are thinking about pain relief. But, um, I always say to I say to my clients that it's really important that you know what is on offer, how it works, and what it can how it can affect your labour going forward, so that you can make a decision from a powerful place mm. rather than from an incredibly vulnerable, desperate place. So, yes. um, usually, most clients start with things like um, the gas, nitrous oxide, yeah. and the way that that works is. It doesn't take the pain away. It takes you away from the pain. So it works Mm -hmm. on your brain and your perception of that. And some women really love it. It works really quickly. You just breathe it in. And then um, if you don't like it, it stops working really quickly. It Mm -hmm. doesn't cross the blood-brain barrier, so it doesn't affect the baby. Um, Some people find that it makes their throat really dry. Some people yeah. find that they get a cracking headache from it, mm. and other people that have used gas for a really long time say they have a very vague recollection of the storyline of their labour. They find it hard to put pieces back together because they were sort of lost in. Shit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But I think one of the huge things that using the gas actually does is it slows you down. Yeah, you have to coordinate your hand to hold the the mouthpiece to your mouth. So you're now not thinking about what's happening inside your body. Now you're thinking about, okay, I've got to put this thing in my mouth. You have to breathe it in. You Mm. have to breathe it in deeply. So now it's making you slow your breath down you're breathing really deeply again, you're starting to calm down. So I think the most benefit of it is actually the physical act of holding and breathing more yeah. so than the actual drugs that you're getting. Yes. I, did have a, I did have a client once, um, she birthed in a rural hospital and the gas cylinders were actually empty. So uh-huh. for a quite some time while we're trying to find like full cylinders of, of the gas, she was breathing nothing but air because it wasn't attached to anything and she was still visually looking like she was having all of the same effects as breathing the gas, but she was really just now focused on something else. The placebo and it was,
2: effect.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
2: Yeah. So, and then,
1: then you've got things that do affect the baby like morphine and yeah. pethidine. And I've actually never had clients take this. Um, mm. It does. It does go to the baby, and if if the baby's born within a few hours of having that, because it's an opiate yeah.
0: um,
1: administered, the baby has a higher um, need um, instance of needing resuscitation, and that, that does scare a lot of people. Yeah. Um, the baby can be quite dopey and and doesn't respond really well, but it is there as an option. Um, but like I said, I've never actually had any of my clients use that. Um, and I have had a couple with um, sterile water injections. So that's for really intense back pain. And that can be useful for uh, a posterior labour. So heard there's no the needles, actual drugs. Yeah. They seem like a bitch, man. Like, oh,
0: That's what I've heard. I've heard people say yeah. like it was worse than the labour. Yeah. Like yeah. It was all right once it all got in, but like yeah. not worth it.
1: <laughs> yeah. So they do they do it with two midwives at the same time and they put oh. these four little plebs of just saline water under the skin over the pressure, over the, the nerves coming through the sacrum.
2: Yeah. And so it
1: works like having constant um pressure, counter pressure on um, on those nerves. Yeah. Um, for some people it works really well and for others it doesn't, but it's definitely an option before people sort of start looking for the epidural. And mm. and I think as a society overall, the, the epidural gets very glamorized because it's like, oh, you know, I'll just have the epidural and I won't feel anything. And, mm. and it, it works differently for different people. I've had a client that had a really partial block and, and it didn't really take the pain away. It left her fairly immobile, but patchy on one side and so she felt very trapped then in her body because it wasn't Mm. she didn't get the block that she thought she was going to have and um you know what comes with epidural is a urine catheter and an iv fluid and and constant monitoring and then not being able to move so you and your baby don't sort of dance through labor together the baby can then get into a position that's really hard to then get through the pelvis and the pelvic floor becomes super relaxed and and we need to have some um, tension in the pelvic floor to help the baby rotate to get their head and then their shoulders through the pelvis. So Mm -hmm. it can be useful for certain things, but I think you need to really think about how does this affect my next move and my overall idea of what I was really hoping for. And Mm -hmm. if, um, you know, if we can sort of navigate that during pregnancy and help, look at tools and comfort measures and um, building that trust and confidence so that if we do get to that place where we are having a bit of crisis in confidence, we can have these little realisations that say, like, oh, okay, I'm levelling up. My labour is now lifting into that next level of intensity and, and I just need to up my game and, mm. and meet this level and let's just keep pushing through. And I expected this to happen. So now I know what's happening and I'm not left blindsided by something I didn't expect and you know sometimes labor does unfold in a different way and and having some really good um decision making frameworks can help you get the information that you need to be able to make a decision that you're comfortable with in the moment even if it's something that you weren't expecting
0: yeah sorry and like the I know with the Epidural, like there's so many risks as well. Is, that was what yeah. put me off more than anything. Like if, if, during my second labor, I bloody considered it. I actually said, yep. I think maybe I want it, even though I definitely yep. didn't. But
1: yep. the risks so, are
0: insane.
1: They are. They are. And sometimes the desire for the epidural is another way of saying, I need you to help me a bit more now. Yes. I need a bit of extra support. Because oh my God. Yes. The, that's the thing we hear those words, I need the drugs or I need the epidural. And we're yeah. programmed to see that. That's sort of the way that we ask for extra help without having the language to be able to do that. So
0: that, um, sorry, that was just, that's huge. That's so yeah. true. Like yeah. that's saying so true for me because really you're just asking like, please help me. Yes. Yeah please help me in a way that yeah. isn't shoving a needle in my back. But, like, yeah. I don't know what else to say to be able to that's get the it. help that I want. That is it. That is
2: absolutely oh, it.
1: And, and, you know, for people who have been in a busy hospital, they might not have nice. um, the time to be able to to give that extra support mm-hmm. then. Or maybe they've never met this woman before and they actually don't really understand her background or, or mm-hmm. what it is that she's wanting. Even with your birth preferences, it doesn't really explain who you are and mm-hmm. and what you're hoping for. And and for a woman in that vulnerable place, they still look at this person as a stranger um, who doesn't understand them. And, um, and again, with the, the whole white coat sort of position of power, if, if the epidural
0: is offered, then they think,
1: oh, well, I must really need it because they wouldn't offer it otherwise.
0: Mm. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know? yes. Oh, my God, that's huge. I'm still just like that. Like, I know I've already spoken about how huge it is. But, yes, it is so like just that, that moment of like, yeah, we don't know what else to say. We don't know, yeah. like especially a midwife. That's exactly right. They've got heaps of shit on. They don't yeah. really have... They're not being a douchebag. They just don't have time yeah. to, like, sit beside you and birth for yeah. 18 hours with you. Yeah,
1: yeah, exactly. That's exactly right. And, and I think that's the thing is that I, I think sometimes the whole thing with doulas and midwives is it's almost like one's vetted against the other. But, you know, we both are there for women and mm. we both want the same outcomes. But, you know, a midwife has one hand tied behind her back in a system yeah. that doesn't necessarily really support or believe in in childbirth being a very empowering normal physiological event. They see it as a risk management that they yes. that they need to keep control of. It's like you can't control a, a cyclone. <laughs> it's an act of nature, and that's what's happening inside a woman's body. It's this this huge act of you know, Mother Earth (laughs) whirling through a woman's body and really we just want to create a container around her so that she can feel safe to do whatever it is she needs to do. You know, if she needs to vocalise and, and, you know, howl and scream. I had one mum that... She was just like, this is just so fucking hard. It's just not what I thought. She goes, I'm so angry right now. And I'm like, babe, (laughs) grab that pillow and you swear your guts out, darling. If that's what (laughs) is going to make you feel better. So she's just got her head buried in her pillow. She's like,
2: I fucking hate this. And
1: you know what? How is that? It's this massive rush of endorphins. Yeah. We just had these are our body's natural painkillers. She's just had this massive emotional release and for her, swearing in like a you know, whatever into a pillow was the emotional release that she needed. Where others, we need to cry, we need to howl yes. and let out all of that built up energy and expectation and pressure from what we thought things were yes. gonna look like. And that makes people uncomfortable around us. So, you know, we feel like, oh, we can't make noise because what will people think? And yes. really, all you want to do is
0: get in there, <laughs> get guttural and yes. start howling. Yeah, you know? it's like and animalistic, isn't it? Like, it
1: is. <sighs> it is. You know, and to have those people around you that's like, yeah, man, <laughs>
0: get in there. Scream. <laughs> you know
1: what you got to do. Get pissed off. Yes.
0: Absolutely. It's so you know? true about like not wanting to, like just so classic of us, just like still wanting to be polite and not like yep. put yep. – I, I was in labour and my – like the whole time, even with both births, I was like, I don't want to put anyone out. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I know. Oh, I know. You, meanwhile, I'm trying to push a human out of me yeah. and I'm like, I just would hate to put anyone out or make anyone do anything yeah. that's annoying or like yeah. – isn't no. it so nuts? But yep. and yeah, and you are
1: the center of the universe on that day, my oh life. My God. And you need to be treated like the goddess that you are.
0: That's, oh, I meant to that. And even just yep. like not wanting to make too much noise or not wanting to react yep. in a way that we think yep. is not the way that we're supposed to react. Because yep. we don't want Labels. people, yes, we don't want people to be thinking that there's something wrong with us. Like, yeah, as well. Because as you said, like we don't want them to be uncomfortable and to go, oh, yep. okay, well, no, I don't like the sound of that. So there must be something yep. wrong. Or we need to do yeah. something like, yeah, oh, yeah. So
1: you know, and I've heard it before. If you put as much effort into screaming, like into pushing, as you are with screaming, you'd have this baby by now. And I'm like, yeah.
0: oh fuck off! Oh my like, God, let
1: her be. If this is what she needs to do, oh, what
0: someone says that, like, yes. if
2: you,
1: oh hell no! If you put as much effort into pushing. As you are in screaming, you would have this baby. That makes now. me so cranky.
2: <laughs> you know, and now,
1: when she's in her most vulnerable state, her intuition is saying, I need to scream. Yes. And somebody's saying, no, you're wrong. So now mm. she's thinking, I can't. My body's telling me I need to do this. But now you're saying I can't. So then when something comes up in motherhood and the way that we're learning how to parent, your intuition is saying this, but then your brain's going, oh, no, but I can't trust that because someone needs to tell me what to do because they're the expert. It's like, no, you are the expert. We get to learn along the way. Nobody just gets it right 100% of the time. And and it really starts with the way that we're treated in labor and how we respond to the Signals that our body is telling us without being told we're right or wrong. Yes.
0: Yes. Oh, my God. So much yes to all of that. It's so funny. Like, talking about birth and discussing it with so many people lately, i found there's such – it's almost like a metaphor for everything else. Like, in that moment, in that wherever you are, wherever you're birthing, like, whether it's just there's such um, – Obviously, a disconnect from body and like from our intuition and ourselves. You know, we just mm. we have such a disconnect to ourselves. Mm. And then I also find there's so, um, so much, um, such a metaphor around like women being weak or women needing help or like, and you know, the man of like, I was, someone was telling me a story the other day, you know, where the male doctor comes in and was telling her all this stuff about her and like, no, you can't do that. You can't do this. Um, and like was, uh, stitching her up and doing a rough, horrible job. And she was in pain going, no, I can feel that and all that kind of stuff. And he was like, basically telling her, no, shut up. Like, I've got yeah. shit to do. And, yeah. And just yeah. that whole thing of like did you like even just birth is so wild. This is what I this is what gets yeah. me is like we we birth and because it's just something that, you know, women do every day, we're supposed yeah. to just almost disregard it because like we all do it, you know. Like it's not a big deal and it feels like in the in the moment it feels like it could go forever or it could go really whatever it is, but then yeah. once it's done you handed the baby and it's like the birth is done you're not supposed to like even talk about it think about it you're just thrown straight into motherhood
1: grateful to have an alive yes
0: oh yes i know when your birth went well everything's great Blah 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 but it's done and i remember like sitting there after even like the week or two after having marley i just wanted to scream at people and be like I'm still just trying to get over the, f- over those 24 hours. Like, yeah. but no one was like, you know, oh, how are you going? That was, yeah, that was hard, wasn't it? They're like, yeah. oh, but you've got your baby and anyway, you can yeah. leave in six hours. And I was like, yeah. fucking hell no, mate. I'm here on a holiday. I've got a toddler yeah. at home. <laughs> Try and kick me yeah. out. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's just like, oh, it blows, blows my bloody, bloody brain. Yeah. Um, what have you – what are some of the amazing things for you? I guess because you're obviously in there with these amazing, incredible women. Are there moments where you see a woman, I guess, go from feeling vulnerable or feeling not powerful and then she finds her power or like – or maybe she just goes in and she's just like, like, what – I don't know, just like tell me some yeah. stories of that.
1: Yeah, yeah. So sometimes it happens before labor during pregnancy when we're doing mm. our work together and they start, the penny starts dropping and then all of a sudden they're like, oh my God, I was so scared to do this and now I can't wait. Yes. And I'm like, yes, you know, like,
2: <laughs> high five,
1: fist pump. you're awesome.
2: Oh, and the other that.
1: time is when, you're hitting transition because they look at me with those eyes and they go, Bron, I just can't do this anymore. I'm just, I just can't do it. And then I get all welled up.
2: Yeah, <laughs> like i crying right now. will <laughs> Yeah, I will.
1: I'll start crying. And I just look at them and I'm just like, babe, I absolutely believe in you. You absolutely can do this. You are standing on the edge and you just need to have that courage to take one more step. Just keep taking one more step and you will get there. And I absolutely believe that you can do this. They just need that. They need someone to look at them and see them for where they are and go, yeah, you know, it is. It's fucking hard work, darling. It is
2: absolutely the hardest (laughs) work of your life. not
1: taking that away from (laughs) you. Yeah, that's it. You know, and I just don't like that kind of support that comes being very condescending. Oh, good girl. You're doing really well. You know, um, You'll forget about it as soon as it's done. Just keep pushing you know, this. Yeah, it's I think it depends on what it. the intention is behind it. It's yeah, a very so superficial. True. Yeah. Very superficial. And leaves them like, Well, how am I supposed to use that to help me? Like that doesn't help me. Yes.
0: Like, you like you know, just saying all the right things. Like yeah. I know the right things to say. Like Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I could be and telling even, me the right
1: things. <laughs> Exactly, exactly. You know, you just need to calm down. Well, fuck you, (laughs) bitch.
0: I I, I can't calm down. (laughs) It's really easy to say when you're not in fucking (laughs) labour. Exactly, exactly. You know, and anything that that just derails
1: them that little bit more because now they're like, oh, you don't even believe I can do it. Like, you're just. You just want me to shut up, yes? You know, so I need someone that will look into my soul and see me and meet me where I am and mm. have my back—the biggest, you know, cheerleader around that will be there through thick and thin. You know, hold that vomit bucket, man. If you start spilling, I'm happy because that means that we're getting there. That that's that one of those signs that. The baby's moving down, they've got a, a, a big hormone shift and the, the pressure's coming off your stomach now and all of a sudden you can't stop spewing.
2: Oh,
0: yeah, yeah <laughs> I was great. a spray. <laughs> spew more. Yeah. Oh, my God, I love that.
1: It. They reckon that a big open mouth spew helps with the last little bit of dilation. Your jaw's really soft and relaxed, mm. which, is, which is linked to our pelvic floor. When we're really tight and tense, we're clenching our teeth, we're trying to minimise what we're experiencing in our body, this overwhelming force that we've never felt before. So we try and hold it in. So we start tightening our body up to try and minimise what we're feeling and that just creates tension. And, you, you know, you the cervix won't open when you're doing that. Your muscles around your pelvis are so locked in, your pelvis can't expand. So having a big vom, that just, like, opens everything up and...
0: Yes, under- it's amazing how clever our bodies and even the babies, uh, like yeah. it blows my mind. Often we think that our body is working against us or even our baby's working against us for whatever yeah. reason, but there's always a reason, like there's yeah. always a reason for all of those things. Like yeah. I've heard amazing stories where, um, you know, women like the, like bubble wasn't turning, like when they were pregnant, yeah. you know, it yeah. doesn't matter what they did how much acupuncture they did whatever it was baba wouldn't turn and so they ended up having to have a c-section and they'd done all the hypnobirthing everything ended up having to have a c-section and they realized that when they did the c-section that i can't remember what it was whether it was whether it was the placenta or there was something blocking yeah
1: so sometimes it's a really short cord
0: yeah, oh yeah. So that, the, so that the baby would never have been
1: able to get out through the pelvis yes. because the cord was so short. Oh my god. Yeah. And it's yeah, just like so
0: like if they tried to birth naturally it yeah. just would have gone to sh- just it would've been a shit yeah. show.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. You know, and and I think that people sort of don't trust in something they can't see. Mm. So, you know, the baby is a big part of this, but we don't know what's going on inside. And and we don't know what's happening there for the baby. And and they do have ways of um, ensuring that their birth is the birth that they need too. And, and, you know, that's probably a bit woo-woo for some people, but Mm. it's... it's part of handing that trust and surrender over to something that we can't control and we can't see and and really um, accepting that sometimes things are definitely out of our control, especially when you've tried all the things, you know?
0: Oh my God. My first thought when you said that was, what a metaphor for life. Like you were talking about, you know, we don't trust things that we can't see yeah. or like I was, I mean... Everyone that listens to this should know that I'm a bit woo-woo, and I, like, that to me was just going, like, the the universe, basically, like, yeah. well, you know, and it is, like, the baby, the baby that is, it's an entire universe in itself, That's yeah. like, an entire little human being, and, like, you yeah. know, we are lucky enough to just be the vessel that the vessel. takes it, like, brings it into the world, yeah. but... Isn't that so true? Trusting, yeah. like, and they know, they always know and they know what they're doing and they're looking after us and they're looking after yeah. them. And yet we have so little faith.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And even acknowledgement that, the, you know, for a lot of people, they don't even realize that it's a baby. They're so fixated on labor and birth and doing all the right mm. things. So it's like. They even say afterwards, they're like, oh, you, you totally forget that you get a baby at the end.
0: It's like, <laughs> Holy shit, and, now what I do. <laughs> yeah, like, oh, my God, i got to take this thing home. Yeah, um, God, this is like life sentence.
1: <laughs> uh, so, you know, when you can start right back in your preparation and really considering that the baby is a cognizant living human, you may not hold them in your hands yet. But they are here and, you know, would you make some of the same decisions if you could actually hold your baby in your hands? Like, imagine that they are, they're here, you're parenting. So a lot of your labor preparation and, and where you choose to birth, these are parenting decisions because they affect the baby as well.
0: Um. Let's speak, let's talk about preparation. Um, mm-hmm. There's a couple of things I want to talk about. One, like what you recommend to help, you know, a woman prepare. And the other thing I wanted to talk about um, was home births. And mm-hmm. have you done many home births? Or any? Um, I have, yeah, I have um, had a few. Um, well, let's discuss that first. What is, okay. like, what was your experience and what are your thoughts on oh. home birthing? Honestly, if I had babies again, I would have them at home. Yes. yes. Um,
1: The very first home birth that I was present for was I was the photographer and they had done hypnobirthing and I was literally gobsmacked. I was like, oh, my God, what am I witnessing? This is like a birth that I did not even know was possible. So this was before I was a doula. Um, And the partner was just so present and it was just so relaxed. And, you know, the kids were there for – the big kids were there for a little bit and then her friend came and took them away and then you could see the switch in her. She just got down to business and got on with it and um, it was just amazing. And
2: yeah.
1: the the best thing about home birth is, is you have continuity of midwifery care you are seeing, you are choosing a midwife who aligns with you. You see her throughout your whole pregnancy. You're so familiar with her. She knows you and is part of your family. So when it comes time to call her in, you know, she sees that as one of the greatest gifts that you can give her is to be invited into that space and witness the work that this woman will do to bring her baby here. So it is amazing. And the amount of stuff that they bring with them is mind-blowing. They're like a little mini portable hospital, <laughs> you know. But a, a home birth midwife knows what normal birth looks like. They trust the process. They trust the work that women get to do. And they don't have the same reservations, um, about birth, you know, they aren't doing inductions unless it's absolutely necessary and then they would move into hospital to do that. You know, they, they believe that labour will start in its own time when mum's happy and healthy and baby's happy and healthy. And, and if that situation changes, well, then they work together to, to work for the best outcome. But, yeah. oh my! you know, people are really scared of home birth. And sometimes they even worry. They're like, oh, it's so messy. But <laughs> all <laughs> the midwives that I've ever worked with, you know, by the time mum's had a shower, the birth was down, everything's cleaned up, cups of tea has been made. There is no mess. They oh. usually put the washing on. So, you know, they're absolutely amazing.
0: They are just amazing. Oh, my um, God. So, yeah, I'm pretty sure every home birth that I've heard of or – and I've also heard of ones where they planned on having a home birth and they stayed for as long as possible. But yeah, the midwives aren't – they're, like, they're not stupid. As soon as – if they think that there is any risk for anything, yeah, they will take them – you go straight to the hospital, you know? Absolutely. Like, you always safe. Yeah.
1: Yeah, you are always safe because your midwives, once they join you, they don't leave you. So, Mm. you know, unlike birth in a hospital, maybe your midwife is looking after two women in two different rooms or maybe more. So at home birth, they're there. They're there with you. They they know the nuances of of normal progressing labour without Mm. having to, to stick their fingers in to see what's going on. They can read women.
0: Yes, so and I guess you're not an inconvenience to them either. They're not yeah, trying to, like, hurry your yeah. birth along because, yeah. you know, they need the sweet however long yeah. it is. Yeah, or.
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. And so the trust is there for the birthing women that if my mm-hmm. midwife thinks that there is something, you know, not right, yeah. I trust that her decision, she's making this in my best interest and she's only concerned about, you know, the women they serve. So, oh, absolutely. I think that... Home birth has been one of those sort of victimized witchy, mm. you know, they're gonna bring a sage stick and a candle or something and you know, they <laughs> I am like <laughs> We're gonna zend this baby out. I mean, yeah. half the time when things go really well, they don't even need to they don't need to even open their their hospital bag, you know, yeah. their, their kit that they can bring. And I've seen um, home births where they have had to give the baby oxygen to they've been a bit slow to start, but it's been really calm. The cord stays intact and they do the work that they are trained to do when the situation says that we need to do that. And everyone is cool, calm and collected and there's no panic and and the outcomes are, are great.
0: Yeah. You know? Oh, my God. That's, I'm so – my next birth, I'm definitely – I definitely would love to do a home birth. because Yeah. I like. I know for me, my biggest thing when I'm birthing, I think, is just that being in my head and not feeling relaxed. And I yeah. don't feel comfortable in hospitals. Yeah. Um, and like feel comfortable around doctors and people making yeah. decisions for me. But yeah, at the same time, like being a people pleaser and doing all of that. Yeah. But I feel like if I was at home and with someone that I trusted and someone who yeah. trusted, and that this is the other big thing, someone who trusts me. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, Someone who trusts, because like if you're the one birthing, you know, you need someone who's going to trust you, like a midwife that you've barely spent time with or doctors Mm -hmm. that are like, you know, wanting you to basically get out. They Mm. don't trust you. They can't trust you, you know, like they don't know you.
1: (laughs) Yeah, they don't know you. So yeah, no, it's, um, home birth is fantastic. And so, but you have to want to do it, you know, and yeah. So the same is true in reverse. If somebody was saying, no, you need to have a home birth because they're amazing, but if you deep down are like, Mm. oh, no, but I just don't know if I I would feel safe without all the stuff, forcing somebody to have a home birth is going to be exactly the same as forcing someone to have a hospital birth that they didn't really want. So it has to be the right thing for you. And and I think Mm. that's why being able to have so many options available Mm -hmm. really does help meet people's needs um, yes. rather than forcing them to birth in one way or another that just doesn't necessarily feel right for them. And you've always got the choice to change your mind. Mm.
0: Oh at my God, Any this point is just like everything.
1: <laughs> yeah. You know, <laughs> even a birth plan. This I say to them, this is not a legal contract. I mean this is this is a, a document that states how you want to communicate and, and your wishes for um, what you imagine to be your expected birth, and we'll do an, a contingency plan and a cesarean plan. But um, none of this is, you know, set in stone. You can change your mind at any point, and nobody um, can tell you otherwise. Only you can do what's right for you.
0: Amen, women.
1: Mm. That's yeah. everything. And, <laughs> and own and own the outcomes of those decisions too. See, mm. this is where a lot of trauma comes in. Sometimes. Um, decisions are made through coercion or fear or, or feeling like they can't say no, but they have to own those decisions, like the outcomes of that. And, you know, women say to me, but what would you do? And I said, but I'm not you and I'm not your situation and I don't get to own the outcome of, of these decisions. That so you get to do that. That's the that's the benefit of being the decision maker is that you then get to own those outcomes.
0: Yes, all about just taking our power back hey exactly and, exactly and I mean like for years like birth has been such a clinical like yeah almost like a like a job in a way like yeah. you go in you have yeah. your baby your husband turns up afterwards you stare at it yeah. through a nursery yeah. and like yeah and this was even like just my grandfather's generation he was telling yeah, me that totally. my mum's birth and stuff like that he just like it was just such a just like an exchange basically yeah Whereas, yeah. like now, like I love that women are coming into their power. We're starting to yeah. realize that we've been, um, we've been made small for so long, yeah. and now, like, you know, and and birth is such a brilliant way to like translate that and to really practice that practice yeah. that power because, as you said, like that then kind of you bring that energy into motherhood with you.
1: Oh my gosh, yes, and you know. And reconciling your birth, even if it doesn't end up the way that you had envisaged that, there's still a lot of powerful learning to come mm. from that as well. For motherhood, that that whole idea of right and wrong and getting things right all the time yes. and always being the best. And it's like, but we are humans, you know, we, there's no blueprint for life. We get to make mistakes and, yep. and they're just learning opportunities. You know, I still do it. I'm parenting a 22 year old adult still. <laughs> My mom's still parenting me,
0: you know, yeah, yep. so
1: I'm still learning how to, to work in a, just a different dynamic. And and I've never done that before. So I'm still going to make mistakes as well. Or, you know, even just the whole word mistake, it, 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 mm. Comes across as being really negative, but it's just this this way to learn that yeah. that we do as in an experience rather than in a book.
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I agree with you. Mistakes to me are just lessons, amazing yeah. lessons. Like, cause they're not yeah. a mistake. Because if it didn't happen, then you wouldn't have learned.
1: That's right. That's right. And and I think just being able to be soft enough with yourself to just sit with that and go, you know, it's okay. I'm never going to be on top of everything all the time. And that is completely okay.
0: Yeah. Oh, amen. That's like
1: me and my washing. Yes. <laughs> oh my God. You should, my office at the moment where I'm sitting is just an absolute <laughs> shit <storm. laughs> You know, I'm not a very good housekeeper.
0: So. Oh, I just can't. Even yesterday I was like, I swear at least once a week, I have a moment where I just go, I just want to set my fucking house on fire and start over again because, like, it just gets out at, like, you spend so much time – cleaning the fucking thing, and then yeah. a toddler and man-child <laughs> come in. Yeah, dog. Oh, my God, my dog, my very <laughs> fucking dog. Like, all I wanted was a poodle cross something or other that was lazy as shit, and yeah. Chris got me a border collie, and I'm like, oh, oh she's beautiful, but fucking hell, she sheds hair everywhere, oh. and she needs to go for a run, like, yeah. around the entire fucking city of Brisbane every day yeah. just to, like, because she's got so much energy. Yeah. Um. Anyway, this isn't about, you know. <laughs> sorry, I wanted a poodle, but, um, sorry, Marley's just trying to use my headphones as a teether right now. Oh. <laughs> the other day he tried to use the microphone and I was no. like, no, 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 mate, you can't do that.
1: Flob um, <laughs> essential.
0: Yes. Yeah, actually. Um, the other thing, that's what we were going to talk about, preparation. What are your yeah. what are your tips for preparing for birth? Uh, look, I think
1: learning how your body works. Yes, is a huge because there's so much confidence comes with that. So understanding that, understanding that yeah. you're not necessarily going to fit this linear model. You're not going to tick all the boxes and, and fit in all the squares, you know, so and that's okay too, that you're mm. an individual. So let's look at your preparation and care as an individual and not an average because it takes a broad range of people to get the average and then they expect us all to be average. So oh, that yeah. would be... Blanked. Um, yeah, prepare your body. It's like it is a it is an endurance event. So, you know really work on strength so that you can trust your body to get you through as well, not just your mind. Um
0: What do you mean as in like prepare do you mean like doing weight sessions or like going to uh, yoga just, or like just general
1: fitness, you know? Um yeah. for first time mums, you probably you're probably working in an office maybe or we're just you know, depending on what your lifestyle is like, just really yeah. work on becoming the, the healthiest version of yourself. Yeah. Um, yoga. I love Hands yoga. down, yoga. Yeah. Yoga will put you in challenging physical positions, reconnect you with your breath. And then accept what you're feeling as being normal and sinking into it. It is the best labor training that you can possibly have
2: mm. is
1: prenatal yoga. Yeah, I
2: and love make sure it. that you
1: see an actual prenatal yoga teacher, not just a, a yoga class that's going to adapt for for pregnancy. Mm. Because um, what you'll get is a specialist yoga teacher who specializes in pregnancy and birth. And they we'll then layer on a whole lot of extra um, knowledge. And the repetition of positive is a huge thing. You know, you can wish and hope as much as you like, but when you're getting the same information from lots and lots of different people, that starts to sink into your subconscious and you really start to believe rather than just hope. Yes, um, so true. So, yeah. It's like definitely an affirmation. Yoga. It is, definitely. Mm, and I think it's comment. the one activity that really, whilst you're not getting this physical contraction feeling in your body, you're definitely in a in a position where, oh, my God, my legs are burning. or, yeah. <laughs> But instead of falling back into that same um, coping mechanism of, Tightening up, shortening your breath. Just push through, and you'll get get it done. It, it really cements that soften into it. Connect to your breath. Accept that this is okay, and just sit into it.
0: Yes. So and it does it's mental really, training as well. Oh, totally. That's why I love yoga. Like for me, it's getting me out of my head and into my heart. Yeah. So really, yeah. definitely helps with that. I yeah, because I did prenatal yoga with both of mine, and yeah. again, like. Absolutely loved it. Yeah, for that reason, just like yeah, working your body, but mostly just that mental, getting out of your head, yeah. getting into your yeah. heart, and sort of yeah. like yeah, moving yeah. into your body. Yeah, and, and I think too,
1: definitely getting your partner on board.
2: Mm, yeah,
1: that is that is huge for pregnancy preparation because if they understand, um, if they understand it and are accepting of me, of normal
2: birth. Mm.
1: You know because if, if your partner is fearful, <clears throat> they will tend to side with um, risk aversion. Yeah. So, you know, if, if your care providers are talking about risk, they will all that's all they hear, and they just want you to be safe as well. And they don't necessarily understand, um, you know, how some of these suggestions affect what you're hoping for. So, when you do that preparation together, um your partner can be your best wingman, really. They're the yeah. ones that can be that voice for you if you can't be the voice for yourself. Um, and l- people say that to me all the time. I just wish that they could have been there for me. Mm. Um, you know, they they felt that they were being coerced by their partner as well, and, and that can be really, really challenging. So when, um, when your partner's on board, they have total faith in you as well. And... Um, they can really help to back you up if you're finding yourself being really challenged.
0: And I guess then so, they like what we spoke about at the beginning, like they don't feel so, they feel like they've not got some sort of control, but they're involved. Like, I know yeah. I'm a bitch. I basically like, I was like, I can do it on my own. Like Chris, just le- like, leave me alone. Just like sit in the corner of the room and I've got this. I just need to get into my own mm-hmm. space. But then afterwards, looking back, like, there I wish that I'd got him more involved I wish that Um, it was something that we did together and like you know I wasn't trying to be like an independent woman that just didn't need no nobody
1: yeah yeah and and I think it's really important that for the for birth partners that they have a bit of training in mindset as well Mm. and that what happens in birth sweet stays in birth sweet and you know that your your woman is going to behave in a way that you've never seen her before and that it, everything is completely okay, that yeah. um, she may not be able to communicate with a very pleasant sentence and that she might only be able to get three or four words out and they may not be very nice so no. don't take that to heart <laughs> and when she looks at you and calls you back, you come and when yeah. she pushes away, you go away. Yeah. You, know, you just have to meet her where she is and accept that It could be completely irrational, but still being able to be there. A lot of guys don't want to do the wrong thing. No. So if they do nothing, they can't do anything wrong. Yeah. And so they tend to retreat. And when women really want them to be there, they don't know how to be there. So having them being really integral part of your preparation, um, mm. reminding them that this is the beginning of their fathering as well if their first time. I mean, it's always easier second time around because men have got a bit of an idea of what um, what it's going to be like. Yeah. And so they can sort of reflect on their own experience and, and step up where they feel they need to. But first time, it's always really hard. And I think for same-sex couples, I have few same-sex couples, mm. they just have a different way of communicating. And mm. um, most female partners just tend to get it, even though it's their body isn't doing it and it's still strange for them and, and they don't want to see their um, partners in pain either. But I think that they often have a way of communicating where they can just sort of sense. I think that's just being... A woman, a woman being female is just yeah. a little
0: bit of a... I guess we're not so afraid sense. of emotions and, like, we're not afraid yeah. of, like, yeah, like, just a, not a... Ra- well, look, I'll use the word irrational, like, a rash, yeah. you know, that's the word that we've been given, the irrational feelings of, like, yeah. the anger or the sadness or the whatever yeah. it is, like, because... I always think of birth, like, I feel like you feel almost every single feeling to its epitome, like oh, the epitome. Completely of, heightened, yeah. Yes. And so, like, I guess as a woman, we are emotional beings. That's what makes yeah. us so bloody brilliant. Yeah. But, so, it's, it's, like, yeah, I guess same-sex couples, that would be so much easier Mm. because they could understand and they could Mm. yeah be on that level more, not be afraid of those feelings and emotions whereas like I think men they see us you know turn into like a fucking animal and like yelling at them and screaming at them or like crying for no reason or spewing our guts up or whatever it is and they're like holy shit this is way out of my (laughs) exactly (laughs) because
1: it's very confronting yeah you know and they see those sorts of physical, um, you know, vomiting or, or pain and hot and cold. And, you know, they see them as, as a, a, path, a pathology, like if yeah. something's wrong, yeah. yes. where we know that this is just completely normal and that it's, it's okay.
0: It. And actually, it was funny mm. what you were saying before about how we um, they kind of just stay in the corner or they, they feel like if they do nothing, then they're not going to... Mm. do anything wrong but then just like so classic of us as women we're like why wasn't he there supporting me exactly. like, well, like he should have just known I obviously needed he him. Just known. So
1: yeah because they don't know <laughs>
0: they know they don't know you have to tell no. them we can't expect yeah. them to read our minds
1: <laughs> exactly and especially in that place where we can barely even recognize ourselves. Yes you know, oh my to god be able yes. Yeah. That's so yeah, true and, and I, I think that's why having a door is just the best thing is for partners and I've been hired just for the partners before you know the women have felt like I've got all this shit down like I know exactly what I'm doing but I really need you here for them so that they feel comfortable and connected and and they don't feel fearful and you know I had a one couple going like my hubby, he just can't stay indoors for a really long time. Like he needs to be able to get out and be outside. And she's like, I just need to know that he will be able to feel that he can leave whenever he needs to knowing that he can do that and not yeah. feel that he can't. And she's like, cause I'm only going to feel that he wants to go and that he's staying cause he feel he can't. Yeah. So that's going to disrupt her more. So, you know, sometimes I do get hired basically for the partners and, Just so that they feel like they don't have the weight of labor just on their shoulders and and they get to be a bit more free and and connected because they know that there's somebody here just for them too.
0: Yes, that's so true. And it would be so scary for them seeing your partner in that because as you said, they don't know, like they're seeing this person in a way that they've never ever seen them before Mm. and the first place they're going to go to is fear. Yeah. Fear because they're afraid of losing, like, because, you know, we've heard stories, afraid of losing their partner. And, you know, something goes off or, like, they spear their guts up or whatever it is, their first thought is, holy shit. Yeah, something's wrong. Yeah, this is not only my child's life on the Mm -hmm. line, but this is also Mm -hmm. my wife, husband, whatever, like, whoever it is, wife. Well, actually can't be the husband. Men can't give birth. Um, I know, like, all about equality, but we haven't reached the point where we can put uses yeah. in men. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, so it would be terrifying. So, Yeah. yeah it I just love helps that really normalise what yes. happens. Yes,
1: yep. And when they can see that the is not freaking out, they're like, okay, I don't need to freak out.
0: Yes, and give them someone that they can actually, like – Like a support system for them as well. Like, obviously, one, when you're like on your hands and knees bellowing like a fucking cow, like you don't have time to go, honey, are you okay? How are you feeling in all of this? You know? Yeah.
1: Yeah. And that's it. Quite often I will. I just glance around at them and they're either big eyes looking at me and a smile and a nod and they're like, oh, okay, cool. We're all good.
0: (laughs) (laughs) We're all good. (laughs) Yes. Okay. Preparation. Anything else? Um, I definitely
1: think doing a birth class that aligns Mm. with your hopes and dreams. Um, Hospital classes are fine. Mm. I do find that they can be a little bit grooming so that you just do what you're told. Um, Mm. They're delivered sometimes with 20 couples in the room, so they're meeting the needs of potentially a whole broad range of people Mm -hmm. that may not all want the same thing that you want. So they can't really spend a lot of the time to like the people that are teaching the classes, to give you the sort of more specific um, information that you're hoping for. Yeah.
0: So yeah, definitely. definitely
1: a breastfeeding class. If you want to um, breastfeed, I think, um, I think it's definitely worthwhile doing that because, mm. you know, we sort of are so fixed on labour and, and sort of bypass the whole, I've got to look after this baby afterwards. So having some... Um, Realistic expectations about what um, breastfeeding could be like would be really helpful.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, that's. So, I think that's one of the biggest thing that women have issues, like. Yeah. You know, or just gets them down, or because they expect that the expectations yeah. of breastfeeding are so different, and they just don't expect to have issues. They don't expect all these yeah. different things to arise, and like. Yeah. It's just. There's, Yeah, they're
1: very much left on their own, and you know the the same goes with um for birth and breastfeeding that we don't get to see it much every day. Mm. We don't get to really experience it before we have our own experience with it, so it's completely foreign. Yeah. Um, and and that can be really hard because. You know, let's face it, we we are a, a people of quick fixes and if I don't like it, I don't want to feel it, so let's numb it out or do something else or yeah. avoid it or, or whatever. And so we don't all have a, um, a level of resilience um, to be able to really handle what comes up if it's not what we're expected and still feel strong through the process mm. of, of working through that. Yeah, um, definitely. And, and, you know, knowing where to go for support um, can be really hard and sometimes cost. Sometimes the cost of seeing professionals for lots of different things can be um, out of people's reach. So, mm. um, you know, doing some preparation and research and, and doing these sorts of things beforehand so that you can feel a bit more confident to know what's kind of normal as in normal as in all the things that you're not expecting yeah. <laughs> pretty normal um you know it might help to prepare you a little bit more for that
0: yeah yes definitely
1: um yeah. any
0: other any other things that you think we should that we can do to prepare ourselves um maybe even some self-reflection you know
2: what's yes.
1: Let's have a look. Let's look there and see what do you expect? What, what are your beliefs around birth and, and what are your hopes? You know, and those beliefs might be quite negative.
2: Mm. You know, you
1: might not have a natural inbuilt. Birth is going to be a really positive transformational experience. So let's look at that. I know for me, I had lots of fears going in, but they were so huge that I couldn't even open my mind to even really look at them. I was very much, mm. push it down, push it down. don't <laughs> think about it, it, yes. it won't happen. And, and you know, later yeah, in that time hey? of, yeah, peeling back and exposing and damn those things creep mm. up on you when you're least prepared to deal with it. So be really honest with yourself throughout and, and see if there's some either... Simple fixes, which you know there could be, or maybe there's some extra learning there that you can prepare during you know for labor yeah it's just it's an emotional um, rebirthing as well as a physical, so I think we overlook our emotional needs even in la- um, in pregnancy for those deep seated beliefs around birth, maybe even parenting, maybe yeah. you didn't have great. Um, parenting experiences when you're growing up and you're afraid of reliving that or, or wanting mm. to do things differently. And, and sometimes that comes up.
0: So true. So many blocks. Like, so, yes. yes. I I love that you said that because I couldn't agree more. I think, I mean, for me, I feel like that's almost just the answer to everything. Like, and that is the perfect time to be doing it. Like, I think even mm. pregnancy really opens you up to like almost forcing you to deal yeah, with yeah. shit that you just yeah. have been putting off for so long because, yeah. you know, your highest, whoever it is, they're like, come on, bitch, time to like really yeah. get all this shit sorted before you have to also look after another human being and you have all this yeah. other stuff sorted. Like it's yeah. time to level the F up. Yeah. Yep. Because our identity is going to change. Yep. We don't, you know, we're
1: no longer, I mean, even if you're married, you're still a single entity. You're only yeah. responsible for yourself mm-hmm. because, you know, your partner is another human being that has their own ability to be responsible for Oh yeah, they're not the other
0: half of your whole or whatever. Yeah. It yeah. Yeah.
1: So, but you're going to turn into, you know, this person that is going to have this little human that is completely dependent on you. And, mm.
2: and sometimes,
1: that can be really scary. So oh, yeah. you know, it's it's all a, you know, my husband hates the word journey, no, but it goodness. is. I mean, it is a transformation from yeah. maiden to mother. It's it is a life-changing um, experience, and I think that we can either embrace that unknown mm-hmm. and know that we don't have all the answers, and 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 look mm. at it and go, yeah, I'm scared as fuck about what's yeah. happening. But it doesn't mean that I can't look at it in a way that is helpful to me.
0: Oh yeah, normally the best things are terrifying, aren't they? Oh yeah, that's growth. You know, yeah. our brain wants to keep us in our comfort zone because
1: it it knows that it's safe. But yeah, you know, this is a huge area of growth, and and it is going to be uncomfortable. Yes, and being okay that it's uncomfortable too.
0: Well, that's right. And the other thing is like birth isn't just the birth of a child. It's the birth of a mother. It's the birth of like the new you. This is like you. And it is like as much as people, you know, want to talk about like, you know, I don't want my life to change so much. Like my kid will just like, you know, (laughs) fit fit in. in. (laughs) And I'm like, okay. Um, (laughs) But it is, it is the most life changing thing that could happen. There's no, that's like. I I felt like when I first became a mum, I almost had to do what I did in my early 20s, you know, when you find yourself and you're like, who am I? What am I in this world, you know? And I think so many women have this really negative perspective of that they they feel like the old them is gone and that they're like, they don't know who they are anymore. And, you know, it's their old life as they've just had to say goodbye to. But Mm. really, like, how amazing that you get to find yourself as this, new person is this person yeah. who just literally created and yeah. pushed a human out of them you yeah. know like there's no way that you can be that old person because this new person um, yeah. has been like they are doing shit that that old person never did before you oh, know? I know
1: yeah and com- you can completely reinvent yourself again yes. and, and level up and, and look at you know your past experiences and go alright I'm going to do things differently and yeah. you know have it as being a huge Period of growth and not loss. Yeah, and there is definitely. an element of loss. You know, that's the cyclic nature of of um of life and of our mm. menstrual cycle and of birth. Is you know you you are you you're sort of grieving the loss of your old self, but at yeah. the same time celebrating the birth of your new self.
0: Yeah, definitely. And I think it's definitely good to acknowledge the the that you do need to grieve that you know you're allowed to yeah. like you know people I think expect <laughs> that they become a mum and all of a sudden it's just rainbows butterflies and everything yeah. else and they're not allowed to say is good what are you oh yeah and they're like um yeah I know like even so many mums I've like got friends that are new mums and stuff and you know, for the first time, you're like you asking, how are you going? But like, how are you actually going? Yeah, yeah. oh my God, amazing, everything's amazing, blah, 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 and blah. And you're like, bullshit, Yeah, it I'm is like, not. you're such a liar. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm not going to think you fucking hate your kid, because you're yeah. like, seriously, I have had no sleep. This is so much harder than I thought it was. I yeah. don't even know who I am anymore. I get the yeah. mum guilt, I'm guilty about everything, yeah. I'm worried about everything, I'm scared of everything. Yeah. Like, people aren't going to go, well, you like this is what you wanted, or there are so many women who would just kill to be oh, in your position, and like I know, my Time god, to be friends if
1: that's what you're getting,
0: <laughs> but, yeah, oh my god, there, yeah. like you're not, we know you don't hate your kid, you don't hate yeah. being mum. It's just like it's bloody new. Life yeah. is hard anyway. Like life just becomes like, and and it's and it is. It's like so amazing and it's so incredible, but it's just like. To, to even feel that and to feel how amazing it is and how incredible this new life is, you have to go through all of the mm. challenges and birth is the perfect example of that. You have yeah. to, to be able to get to the side of having a child. You need to go through that shit first and it's just the same yeah. as parenthood. There is like yeah. regressions, there's shit that, you know, I always say like a regression is sort of like being punched in the face but then given like, you know... <laughs> a a bouquet of flowers afterwards because it's like, you know, they scream for no reason for like, you know, 48 hours straight and then they smile for the first time and you're like, motherfucker, you have no idea. You just put me through. (laughs) But that's just parenting. It's just being punched in the face and given a bouquet of roses because they smile. They make you so happy and everything's so worth it. But at the same time, they trigger the fuck out of you. (laughs) Oh
1: my God, yes. Yeah. And they reach into every pocket of your your soul, yep. where you hide all of those insecurities, oh, yeah. and they rip them out and they're like, See, hey, remember
0: this? <laughs> yep. she, yeah, they're little mirrors. They're just like, I always think that when my daughter just like triggers me, I've now got to a point yep. where I'm like, Why? Why is yeah. this triggering me so much? And she's yeah. probably going to continue to trigger me for the rest of my life. Yeah. And yep. because that's, and it's now, now I know that it's a great thing because kids need us to level the fuck up they need us to be the best version of best versions of ourselves (laughs) that's why they seem like they're making our life hell and trying to you know break us down and make us cry every day yep but really what they're asking is like be better i know you can be be better.
1: (laughs) yeah be be present with me right now yeah you know, and, and the expectation might have been that it was going to be like this, but the reality is different. So let's just to get in deep and dirty with, with reality and yes. where we are right
0: now. And how, mate, yeah, I love the reality of it. That's the most brilliant thing because that's how we just become like, oh, like you realize your strength. You realize how to yeah. say no. You realize how to stop being a people pleaser. All these things yeah. that like you can get away with when you're not responsible for another human being. Yes. But when you're responsible for another human being, you can't keep saying yes. You can't just keep sitting there and being polite all the time. You have to, you get to a point where you're like, I can either have a shit time or I have to start stepping up.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I think the whole people pleasing thing, too, is that you've also got to make sure that you're looking after yourself.
0: Yeah. You know,
1: women in general are very good at being martyrs and putting ourselves last and, and, you know, um, giving up our needs, people pleasing, you mm-hmm. know, for others. And then we get resentful yes. and then we get to that point where it's just like, oh my God, the tiniest little thing is going to set me off. And then it's just going to be this cascade that's going to
0: come out of nowhere. And then you're bawling your eyes out of the, out the cupboard. and like, yeah. Oh yeah. my
1: God, I've totally done that. Oh, oh my so. God. When my littlest was really, oh, far out, well, my our neighbours came over Oris. and they were like, Are you okay? And I'm like, do I look
0: okay? I'm obviously not okay. (laughs) I was sitting in the cupboard crying (laughs) my eyes. (laughs) Oh, my God. That's my favorite place to go. I go into the walk-in and I crouch down and I hide within the clothes. So I'm like completely unseen. And I'm like, this is my spot. No one can bother me. Yeah. 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 So
1: isn't this funny? You think back to then when you're in labour and you need a dark, quiet place to really yes. reveal that inner you. You feel safe in your cupboard in that dark place, small and quiet, so that you can really reach into that inner you and be vulnerable yes. to acknowledge that shit just got real and that it's really fucking hard and that you hate your life right now. Yes. <laughs> but it's the same thing when we're having a baby, you know, they're just... Learning how to respect our needs and to find those places where we can really look at that and, mm-hmm. and respond to that and, and not feel like you've got to have it all together.
0: Yes, you know? and listening. Like I love what you were saying before about listening to what, our, what feels natural and what our body feels like we need to do, whether it is yes. to like – find somewhere dark and small and be alone for a moment or whether it's to scream and yell and get pissed off or whatever it is because like it's so true like when I was giving birth both times I realised I'm a vocal motherfucker like I was like making noises that I did not even think were possible to come out of me I was like part Satan like it was hectic
1: (laughs) yeah but how powerful did you feel while you were
0: doing it oh my god so powerful every single Time I made those noises, I felt yes, so powerful. Isn't that unreal?
1: Yeah. So the way sound works, it you know, sounds are vibrations; they're waves of energy. So when you're making those noises, you're actually giving yourself like a massage from the inside out. Mm. You're working because our bodies are like made up of something ridiculous and percentage of water, like almost what? I think it's like ninety percent or something. Yeah, something. So, you know, sound travels through all of our watery substance, you know, in our body and and it just ripples from the inside out. So it's actually very soothing to make those sorts of sounds. Um, We sometimes just don't know why. Yeah, yeah, no. (laughs) You know, you can't sort of, you never would have expected that you would do these sorts of things and when you think back even initially, you're like, I don't even know why I had to do that. All I know is that something in me said do this and it, this was going to make you feel better.
0: So cool to think that we have that in us. You know, yeah. like I look back to birth and like you you think about that screaming like just powerful like yeah. just intense woman who, you know, like you just, you don't have time for being polite. You don't have time for saying please and thank you, whatever it is. Like you were just there to do shit. To think about the fact that like, that's actually in you, you know, like that power, that woman who, who is that powerful and who can make those insane noises and demand what she wants. Yeah, She is in there and that is you. Yeah. Yeah. So this comes from generations. This is that, that red thread mm.
1: lineage that stems, you know, multiple generations back. It's still there. We just, like, intellectually can't access it. And because mm. we can't see it as a tangible thing, we question whether it's valid or not. But this is that inner knowing that... So we have that the opportunity to listen or not listen,
2: mm.
1: you know, and it takes courage to listen because we, yeah. we don't live in that world where we can, if we can't validate it with studies or science yes. or whatever, it must not exist. And and this is us being able to sort of transcend time backwards into a, a place where we did just
0: know that this was normal. Mm. Oh, my God, I love that. I reckon we, that's a good place to to end I, th- I yeah. just looked at the time <laughs> I always <laughs> we do we can this. talk about this oh, for hours <laughs> yes oh my god this is like I I mean this is why I have a podcast right because I could literally chat for like 3000 years yeah. especially because like god there are some um, not just some amazing women every woman is just yeah. phenomenal and men but like you know this is what this podcast is about I always feel like you have to throw that in because someone's yeah, going to be like you know Brr, brr. Up. Yeah, exactly. Be like, <laughs> what about the guys? They do things through. And I'm like, okay, whatever. Um, but <laughs> oh god, like there are just yeah. some amazing women out here who are just like I love women helping other women recognize their power. That to me is just like oh, everything. Yeah. Because yeah. when women are together.
2: Magic t- Oh,
0: my God, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. It absolutely does. And, like, I love seeing nothing more than women lifting each other up because, like, yeah. oh, it just – it's so great. And we are seeing it in front of our yeah. eyes. We yeah. are seeing how much it helps and how much yeah. it is, like, changing our world because even from when I was, like, a teenager to now, like, how much women are starting to recognize their power oh, and put their yeah. foot down – yeah, both. it is so brilliant yeah. to see. Yep, and absolutely, ugh, it is.
1: It's that real, the divine feminine embodying all of that yes. power. And you know, for some people, it scares the shit out of them. Chit-chit. You know, it's. For men, it scares the shit out of them because they're mm. like, oh, there's this resurgence coming. And sometimes yep. for women it scares them because they're like, oh, my God, where is this coming from? Yes. I didn't know that I could be like this. Yes, so, it's, so true. You know, a bit disconcerting for them as well. But when they start to really own it, yep. they, um, they realise that, wow, we really can do anything,
0: you know? Absolutely, and so cool because, like, This is the, as like, you know, we're birthing and we're turning into Mm -hmm. this person, like that is the perfect time to realize your power because you are just about to be responsible for the next generation, you know, and we (laughs) need to... You know, we are – yeah. Anyway, it's just so cool. I know. So, so cool. And I'm like, with you. We're about to get into like... an entire new subject. Don't worry, guys. There's going to be an entire series on Divine Feminine. Don't you oh, worry. Oh, my God, yes. Please. come back <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> later in the year. Um, oh, oh. Thank you so much, Bron. I just – I love your passion. I can see why you were, you were so recommended to me to have a chat oh. with you. And now – I, I honestly, after Marley, I thought I was so done for that. Ba- when I was yeah. pregnant with him, I looked over at Chris one night and I said, if you get me pregnant again, I will fucking stab you. Yeah. Yeah. And I <laughs> couldn't, I was never, I've never been more serious in my life. Yeah, But then now just listening to all these amazing stories, yeah. I'm like, I ain't done. I'm doing it again, yeah. and I'm doing it right. You're gonna yeah. be my drill up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Localish I'll be for there, me, <laughs> right by
1: your side. I'll oh my hold god, that vomit bucket, no problem at all.
0: Damn, I will be swearing a lot. That is like yeah. normal for me in the birth Love <laughs> it, <laughs> and probably gonna look after Chris as well because i are yeah. gonna be bitchy.
1: <laughs> yeah, nah, it's all good. You do what you gotta do. <laughs> yeah, that's
0: right. Oh, thank you so oh. much again. Thank you so much for coming on. Um. Can you let everyone know um, how to find your business name, website, where you are, all that kind of stuff?
1: Awesome. So, yes, my business name is Kindred Birth. Um, You can find me Facebook, Instagram, same, Kindred Birth. Um, My website, kindredbirth.com.au. I've also just opened a women's space in Udlo with a business partner and um, it's called Kindred Women's Space. So we're bringing together... Um, a variety of practitioners um, to come and work with women as they trans, um, transcend, you know,
0: through,
1: through our feminine cycle. So maiden mother, maker, crone, like right the way through. It's not just for pregnancy and birth, but um, yeah, so it's, it's really building a community. So that's what. That's what I'm really all about. Oh, so, yeah. That, so, that's Kindred Women's Space in Newtale on the Sunshine
0: Coast. I love that. I love that so much. Thank you so much. And, yes, <laughs> I forgot that you're a birth photographer as well. And all yeah. of your details, I'll have this all in the show notes. So Excellent. um Yeah. So, if anyone is driving and forgetting all of this already, because are yeah. mothers and our brains can only take on so much. Exactly. Um, <laughs> I'll write it down. <laughs> but thank you again, Bron. Thank you so, oh, so much for coming and chatting to me. Um, yeah. Thank you
1: my pleasure
0: (laughs) thank you so much have a great day thanks babe bye
1: Bye. please ask mickey is a hit network original podcast produced at hit 105 studios in brisbane created hosted and produced by michaela burnett check out
0: pleaseaskmickey.com
1: editorial support from julia fosky executive producers scott mcdonald and matthew eggleston for more great audio stories check out hit.com.au